0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from London, this is The Sunday Late Show with Shaniqua edwards Hay, And you are listening live.
1: Good evening. Happy Sunday. And welcome to The Late Late Show with me, Shaniqua edwards Hayes. Wow. We're already eight days into January. Is it too late to say Happy New Year? Tonight, I'm joined by the amazing Hetty Steele. And we're gonna be discussing maternity, paternity rights, as well as everything else to do with that.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio, hashtag TTRadio.
1: It's Sunday. Wow. And it's January. It's 2023, which feels so strange. But here we are. Here we are. And it's been a while since I've had a little show. So thank you for joining. For those of you who don't know me, I am Shaniqua Edwards-Hayde. I am a primary school teacher. I work in a primary crew, um, which is really interesting. It's challenging at times, but it's really rewarding as well. Um, As well as that, I am a science lead, humanities lead. Um, I am a governor for another primary school. Um, I'm also an apple juice addict, (laughs) which sounds so wild, which definitely sounds wild. And all my children are always like, Miss, you drink so much apple juice. You drink it all the time. Um, So that actually leads me to New Year's resolutions. How many of you have actually set any New Year's resolutions? What have they been? Please let me know. You can at me today on Twitter. You can send me a message at S-E-H Miss. Um, you can also message me on the Teachers Talk Radio account. We've got a new Twitter handle, and that is at TTR or at TT Radio Official. Very nice, very nice. So, I've been thinking about New Year's resolutions. I love a good New Year's resolution. Um, so, mine, you know, the typical dry January. Try not to drink apple juice. Um, having a bit of a social media cleanse, uh, which has been great. But actually, for example, my Twitter, I've not been on it as often as I usually am. So, you know, pros and cons with that, pros and cons. And trying to read more. I feel like I tell my children to read all the time, but actually (laughs) I have not been reading as much as I should have been. So I've been making that time for reading. Um, I'm gonna be introducing my guest, Hetty, but actually Hetty, if you don't mind, do you have a new year's resolution?
2: oh god
3: um <laughs> i think yeah like you say just the standard just try you know try not to you know eat a mince pie with every meal try and not drink every you know mulled wine or something every single day just sort of be be a bit more normal be a bit more restrained be a bit more in moderation but this year i'm actually i someone told me which i quite liked it's all about taking up things rather than giving Ooh. things up so yeah the reading thing is quite nice like do a bit more of that maybe. Thank you. See,
1: see, I like that. See, taking up because I am struggling with the giving up. So I love the taking up things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take up a few things. Dance class, a, bit, nice. a few other dance classes, all of that. Um. So yeah. And actually, Hetty, we've got you here now. So I'm joined tonight by Hetty Steele. Hetty, if you can tell us a bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Um, so
3: I am, yeah, Hetty Steele. I'm head of drama at the moment at a um, state school in Hertfordshire. Um, it's an all boys um, outstanding state school, which is really lovely. I've had the privilege to work in a variety of schools, all different types of schools, which I'm sure we'll get more into as this conversation develops. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm head of department at the moment um, uh, for drama, which has got all sorts of, you um, extracurricular activities which for pater- like maternity and paternity talk is quite interesting in terms of work-life balance from that perspective yeah. um and yeah i've got two children um who are three and one and i on my oh. maternities i sort of connected with maternity and paternity project who um sort of brought me to this show today so yeah, yeah. just here to talk a little bit about maternity and paternity um from yeah that kind of classroom teacher and maybe the middle leadership perspective i guess Oh, thank you. And I'm definitely in need of your advice. And just
1: help not that I'm having a baby right now. <laughs> I don't want everyone to worry. Uh, I don't want my dad to be listening and thinking, Oh, my God, it's really cool. I didn't know this. Uh, but actually, I just feel like it's an important topic that I don't think is discussed until, you know, I find most people when they're actually having a baby, or when they're going through the adoption process, or, you know, it's a bit later on, and then they don't understand the procedures. And I started to think, you know I'm 29 going on 30 even though I look 20 um Mm. and you know I started to think oh if I want to go on maternity when I want to go on maternity leave can I do I qualify I've just started a new school what if I change schools what what's the actual procedure and actually I started to like research myself and I was like oh there's quite a lot to it I was reading about a burgundy book and I was like you know Mm. most I, I know that most teachers do know about them, but I went, you know, during my PGC, I wasn't taught about any of that. So I was like, huh? I really need to read my contract. You know, I started talking to my cousin in America and she had a baby in same, was it October. Um, and then last week she posted on... Uh, social media saying something about like i'm back at work maternity leave is over and i was like what what um and it made me start to do research like what goes on in the uk um and actually I was, that's why i was like i need a professional here i need someone like the amazing hetty <laughs> here to just explain what is going on so um if we take it just starting off there's so much to it but maternity leave um Maternity leave. I don't even know where to begin with maternity <laughs> leave. But what's what happens? What what happens? Okay, I've become pregnant. <laughs> when do I tell my school? When do <laughs> I? Do yeah, I,
3: I mean, tell my school? well, yeah. This is. I mean, it, from the beginning, it's all a bit of. It's not always hundred percent clear. But basically, you're meant to tell school as soon as you know for health and safety reasons. So, which I didn't even think about as being a thing. But your health and safety officer whatever they're called in your school they mm-hmm. are meant to do a you're meant to have basically a health and a risk assessment for your job so for drama for example Ooh. I wasn't allowed to go up a ladder to do any which I don't do anyway but like I wasn't okay. allowed to do a lighting rig you're not allowed to stand on certain things you can't carry things so for a teacher you'd think yeah, I'm not exactly doing loads of heavy lifting on a day-to-day basis anyway, but things like invigilating exams, so being on your feet, like I wasn't allowed to invig- invigilate a three-hour exam, for example, because I, because that was deemed a risk. So there are actually quite a lot of cogs that need to start turning. So, yeah, basically, you're meant to tell them as soon as possible, and okay. then you go and see HR, and you talk about um, you have to give a certificate. So when you go <laughs> – it's all very medical, but when you first go to the doctor, you'll break the you. <laughs> they like log you and then you get Mm -hmm. a proof of basically a proof that you're pregnant like certificate you have to go and show that to hr and then they calculate your due date and when your maternity leave can start from and yeah it all kind of starts from there really okay oh okay Uh okay i'm getting you
1: i'm getting you so it's (laughs) kind of like as soon as you know because then i know some people who wouldn't want to say anything because they're scared that maybe SLT or someone will tell someone else, which they shouldn't do, they shouldn't be doing at all. Um, But then I guess there's also the risk of, you know, you telling someone and actually in those early days and then having a miscarriage or something like that. Um, Yeah,
3: yeah, it's really tricky. I mean, most I did, I think, I think it was just the way that holidays fell and everything, I think Mm -hmm. I didn't tell my school until I was about four or five months pregnant, but then there are all sorts of funny, like I wasn't allowed to tell, as I grew like increasingly, increasingly bigger and well, like I wasn't allowed to tell the students that the job that was being advertised, obviously they're not stupid. They're advertising maternity cover for a teacher. I wasn't allowed to say it was me. Obviously they're always looking at me like, but it is huge, isn't it? It's like, yeah. no, I can't confirm or deny. And they were really funny about it. They come in with like jumpers under their school shirts and be like, nothing to see here, miss. We're oh not my talking God. about anything here. But yeah, some schools are really funny about, they don't want the parents essentially to be unsettled, I think, until there was a yes. new teacher in place. They just said, you can't say anything. So that was a bit comical. But yeah, they all have all sorts of rules about, yeah, who you can tell and who you can't. It shouldn't be like that. But yeah, some no. schools do have kind it. Of, because you yeah because
1: as well you might want to tell someone but you can't tell them what especially you know if you've got a good relationship with your class and you might want to let them know but then you can't let them know i guess because slt have said you know we don't want to unsettle everyone so that's really yeah. that's really interesting um and then that takes me on to oh, there's so much well, there's so much to try to fit in but antenatal antenatal classes um and antenatal appointments um, did you ever go to any any antenatal
3: appointments? Yeah, I think the more there, I did NCT, which is like I don't even know what it stands for to be honest, but it's like the kind of standard class that sort of um, it's quite expensive, but you meet loads of people in your area of a similar age. But that was never an issue because that was kind of weekend based or after school based. The midwife mm. appointments that was more of an issue because they are Ooh. quite rigid. It's like You're having it on this week and this week so there's no like oh but i'm i've got a four or five period day that day they are quite like it needs to happen now and you are allowed a certain amount of appointments but there is this also thing i think it's similar in terms of school i find with dentists and doctors like Mm -hmm. you can if you have to like your own it's your right to be able to go to them but there is definitely this sense of like oh that's the second one this half term kind yeah. of situation so it's it there's I've never had anyone say you can't go that would be ridiculous but yeah I think there is a little bit of this kind of you have to it all has to go in a document and they keep track of how many you've had um but yeah you are you are that's your legal right obviously is that you have to go to your pre laid um yeah midwife appointments um and but the thing with pregnancy is like which is a really mm-hmm. good thing they're very cautious these days and you have you're monitored really closely um, and you have extra scans for all sorts of things, but that can actually result in quite a lot of time. So if you're measuring your bump or something is measuring small or big, that can then be two or three days worth of appointments. Like you go to a hospital, you do some follow up, this, so it can actually rack up. So I do, you know, like I understand from a school's point of view, they have to keep track. But yeah, Yeah. that could be be an extra stress for sure.
1: That's, That's really hard, that's really hard. And do you know what, the thing is, you get you know some people have a pregnancy where they're not sick as well some mm. i worked with a colleague and she was constantly sick you know she had morning sickness a lot and mm. so she had quite a few days off um and then you know she was getting really upset about it and you know it was it, the rules are if i'm correct you know an employee an employee should not be treated unfavorably because of a pregnancy related to illness and they're still mm. entitled to sick pay but obviously as you know Schools do have to keep an eye on things, so it's quite a hard one. It's quite hard when people do get sick as well, you know.
2: Yeah, and a there's
3: big thing. yeah, there's a there's a, a sort of not a loophole is the wrong word, but there's a clause. It's something about if you have a certain amount of sick days in the month leading up to your pregnancy, your school can ask you to start your maternity leave early.
1: So yes. rather than
3: you keep having to go in and in and in, they I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but they can right. just say to you you know if you need to go on maternity leave now basically you're taking too much time which is like there's a whole juggling act in terms of because mm-hmm. you pay wise like when you're a first time mom you're kind of like oh I might need a couple of weeks to just you know get the house right when you're yeah. kind of done it once you're, you you want to leave it till the last minute you want that pay to kick in <laughs> right as long as possible but some schools can be a bit funny if you're having like I don't know. I don't know what the number is, but a certain amount of days, and they can ask you to go off early. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I've got it here, where it says, if an employee is off sick for a reason relating to their pregnancy in the four weeks before the expected expected week of childbirth, oh. this will automatically trigger the start of maternity. Oh, there you go. Automatically. That's that's so mad. That's well, hopefully with um, discretion. You know. Yeah. Some schools wouldn't, but wow, wow, and that makes me. Oh, we're gonna get on to pay but actually i was <laughs> i was working with a colleague recently and she was working up until her due date and she was like i am not i could have the baby right now but she's like i'm gonna be at work because she'd had a few kids and she was just like i know the process i don't want <laughs> yeah. i don't want to start my maternity leave earlier than i have to and i was like wow that is amazing i'm finding a lot more people or women are doing that at the moment they are <laughs> going as far as they can but that that's because from what I'm reading is the maternity pay that's another thing that is another thing where okay this is where I'm a bit confused and hopefully you can help me out there's statutory maternity pay smp if I'm correct okay now you now for example I've just started working in a school I won't automatically get that I think you have to be working for a period of time yeah 26 weeks
3: 26 is the magic number oh
1: do you hear that everyone 26 weeks because you know hey people might be having fun they're not realizing this is what can happen babies and then your have you worked there for 26 weeks now can I ask what happens if you've not been there for 26
3: yeah so this did actually happen to me so it's So it's not fair to say you don't, it's not a case of if you haven't worked there for 26 weeks, you don't get anything. Like that's not the situation. So statutory maternity pay is what the government pays. So even if you had no job, if you would be entitled to statutory maternity pay. uh, I think that's correct. But the point is, if you haven't worked at a school for more than 26 weeks, you don't have any kind of, um... so what would happen if you'd worked there for 26 weeks normally is that you would receive 90% of your normal weekly pay for the first okay. six weeks after the baby was born. And then some schools, depending on your academy or your trust or independent or state, they will then, they might keep that going. You might then be at 70% pay for another six weeks. You might be at 50% pay and it might gradually scale down. And that is what tends to happen. I think if you work there longer, that tends to be more of an option. But okay. if you if you, if you you haven't worked there for 26 weeks, then the school has no obligation to do that. They don't have to do that, and you can go. I think basically, essentially, straight on to statutory maternity pay, which I think is about one hundred and fifty-one pounds a week, and yes. that's for your whole. That's for the whole du- duration. So it is a bit complicated if you change schools. Yeah. So I was. I fell pregnant when I was working at one school, um, mm-hmm. and then I started at a new school but technically I, but I'd only worked at my previous school for 24 weeks at this point oh. so I was two weeks short of that magic oh number. Oh my gosh yes. So if I had worked there for 26 weeks I think it would have been my pre- even though my previous school knew I was leaving it would still have been them that would have to cover which oh, I, really? I, I don't know in terms of it being fair or not fair I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that but they would be the ones that would have to cover that first six weeks, not the new school. So the new school was basically like, yeah, whatever, like it's not, it's not our problem, you do you kind of thing. But wow. because I hadn't worked there for long enough, I um, basically went onto statute statutory maternity pay straight away. So you don't have any kind of 90% of blah, blah. You just go straight onto like a flat level. And actually that's, there's oh, <sighs> not to complicate it further, but really? if that happens, it actually goes on to something called, it's got a different name. It's called maternity allowance which okay, is slightly that. different yeah so it, okay. it basically hopefully just illustrates that there it's quite a complex system in terms of pay and it's all depend. read your it's not even in your contract it'll be in your school's policy if you've got any Ooh. questions okay. go there on the shared drive to the or to the handbook because it will exist but yeah it, there's quite a lot of different ways that the pay can be set up and it can kind of depend on your school wow there's there's so much to it it does sound so complex
1: um which is mad actually even thinking that it's gonna cost money you have you have a Mm. child um it's going to cost money but then you're losing pay and you know as as the months go on or the weeks go by you're getting less and less and you know you might have a partner who can support but you might not have a partner who can support Mm. this is where it gets a bit complicated, um, and it's quite mad because when I was looking, you know, across the around the world, you know, there's other countries who allow hundred percent or full rate salary through their maternity leave, even though some of their maternity leaves might be a bit shorter. But you know, Austria, Germany, Poland, Mexico, Spain, Portugal, Lithuania, um, whilst ours, you know, ninety percent, and it goes down and it goes down. So it's really something, like Hetty was saying. <laughs> do check your school's policies. And if you don't see it, talk to your head teacher, like what's going on? Um, So we have got statutory maternity pay. Okay, now that makes me think, obviously there's maternity pay, but what about paternity? Is Mm.
3: what's going on with that? Is that something that's being discussed? Yeah, I think it's becoming more part of the conversation. Um, From what I, as far as I'm aware you're entitled to two weeks paternity pay I know or paternity leave or paternity pay and it can be in a row or you can split it up if you want to and have one week one week and then wait a little bit for the second week but yeah we are unless your school your company your business whatever has a different policy the standard um allowances two weeks um and that's at the same rate of pay as statutory maternity so that 100 i think it's 156 pounds now actually but yeah that's the the flat rate that you can get that you're entitled to for that so yeah two weeks is nothing really is it let's no honest. two weeks is nothing but like especially i
1: think you'd have to plan the time that you want to be you know with your partner and with your new baby and i just oh, it's just really, it's quite sad. Quite sad that that's yeah. not seen. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like it's not seen as as important when it is just as important. I mean, yeah. two weeks goes by very quickly. Um, so I can see there's a conversation about that, and you know. I hope I hope we can raise that, you know. <laughs> hey, I can start a petition, start a petition <laughs> about this. I'm sure there's many, but um that's that's quite amazing. And actually, when I was looking at paternity because I was like can anyone say that, you know, they mm-hmm. are the father of a child? So I was trying to read that up and it says, you know, paternity benefits are available to the biological father, husband or partner of the mother or spouse or partner of the adopter. So If anyone's listening, that's what qualifies (laughs) in a sense with paternity. Okay, so we've got that. Now I'm thinking, when I think about maternity leave now, you have up to 39 weeks, if I'm correct in the UK. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Up to 39, which, you know, in a way, if I look at Bulgaria, Bulgaria's got the longest, when they've got got 58.6 weeks. We have got Greece with 43 weeks. We've got the UK Mm. 39 weeks now. Don't get me started about (laughs) um, America. Uh, With America, I believe at least, they've got at least 12 weeks of unpaid uh, family leave time after the birth of a child or adoption of a child, which is mad, totally. Mm. To me, that's, that's so mad, but wow, wow. Okay, so maternity leave. When you're off on maternity leave, do you have to stay in contact with the school? Is there any discussions?
3: I know there's keeping in touch days yeah i'm gonna take this back to you (laughs) hetty Yeah. um so i would say there's two things one maternity leave and maternity pay are not necessarily the same thing so you can get paid for up to 39 weeks but you can take up to um a year basically so 52 weeks so if you're prepared to take that final 13 Mm. weeks unpaid you can do that like you're allowed to do that it's just that you won't get paid while you're there so I know it's another thing so it is slightly different um (laughs) yeah but in terms of going you don't have to keep in touch with school at all if you don't want to but one of the good things is that a keeping in touch day you get paid for so actually people normally want to (laughs) yeah so you can get paid for up to 10 keeping in touch days over your maternity leave and the deal is that if so in school, for example, if that is, I'm going to go in for a meeting, or I'm going to go in for a department meeting, or I'm going to go in for a bit of inset, even if that's an hour long, they have to pay you for the full day. So that's a nice thing, uh-huh. I suppose, about the system. Um, yeah. I, In my experience, I found it quite... It's not a case of, you can be like, oh, I'm just going to pop in next Friday. The s- schools do tend to kind of, they want a timetable of what you're going to do. They want the impact of it. They kind of want to justify, which I get, why am I giving you a day's pay for this? So in my m- most recent pregnancy, I think I did, oh, you can, if so, if you do a course online, for example, so I did like a national theater teacher's course mm-hmm. online, that counts as well. So they might sign that off, but I had three keeping in touch days in my last pregnancy. Um, just because it was a bit of a process, like getting it all signed off. And they, I do get, understand the reasoning, but seven hours or eight hours worth of work, they, they wanted to know, you know, what's going to happen with this, but yeah, you are entitled to 10. So if you've got the motivation and you want, you know, you're going to make it happen, then they have, they can't say no, basically you've got up to 10 keeping in touch days that you can use, which is quite nice. Okay, so up to 10 keeping in touch days, um,
1: there's usually, there could be a schedule. And to be fair, when I have seen um, colleagues come in, there is usually a bit of a schedule for what they're doing. Um, and I've heard that there should be like reasonable, employers are able to have reasonable contact of employees on maternity leave, um, but there is no prescribed dis- description or definition of this. Yeah. So I guess everyone's reasonable is very different, very, <laughs> very different. Um, yeah. But I guess that can be agreed before you went on maternity leave to agree. You know, yeah. am I going to be by my phone? Am I going to check emails? Um, should they be? Should someone on maternity leave be being sent emails?
3: I mean, I was very upfront with my schools and just said, I'm not I'm turning. I'm I'm deleting the app off my phone. I'm not going to be checking. <laughs> so like, if you need me, you're going to have to ring me because I won't be lucky. Um, <laughs> I think if you're a classroom teacher, there's no need for you to be emailed if you were i don't know ahead of year or a dsl or like a, or a send like sec i don't know a send lead in your school or something and there was like a safeguarding issue maybe or if there was something that urgently needed your attention. I I yeah I think that would be a conversation you'd have before you went. Like I personally wouldn't be wouldn't mind at all if somebody me and said, I'm so you know, so sorry to interrupt. Can I have five minutes? It's you know quite critical. But again, I yes. guess you kind of know that before you go on maternity. So you establish the boundaries. I've never had any problems with anyone like over pestering me. And actually I was a bit naughty and I then re-downloaded the app and was kind of like keeping a bit of a <laughs> sneaky eye on it anyway, just to kind of like see Aww. what was happening but yeah i don't think you sh- if i don't think you sh- unless it's been agreed then yeah i re- it's not that it can't be that important like just yeah that's it that's it because i feel like you know that time
1: you have a maternity you won't get back you know what i mean yeah. like that's that's that time to just be away from school be away from everything but obviously if there's important information i'm sure that will be relayed back and if you wanted yeah. to keep an air out you could um and that makes me think you know whilst you're on maternity leave there might be promotions and so i was looking up if you could apply for a promotion and mm-hmm. apparently you can apply so the employee should be informed of any promotion opportunities or vacancies that arise during their leave um and yeah they could go for it if they wanted to which is something that if someone's thinking about you are able to
3: apply so yeah yeah, yeah. like it It shouldn't be a discriminating factor in, in any way. Like I've done it, you can apply for a job when you're pregnant, you can apply for a promote, you should be able to basically just do what you would normally do, but with the proviso that, you know, you're upfront and you're honest and everyone knows the situation, but yeah, you can absolutely apply for a promotion during maternity or if you're visibly pregnant or if you're early pregnant, yeah, that shouldn't be a, a barrier. See,
1: God, I'm yeah. learning so much. I'm learning so much. And I just want this to be an informative piece. And hopefully you're enjoying this discussion, Hetty. I'm like, <laughs> Hetty, you're like, you're like the professional to me. So I, <laughs> I am here taking notes of everything you're saying. Um, so Hetty and I will be back in a bit as we discuss uh, more about maternity and paternity. But actually there's a lot going on in the news right now with education. So we're gonna find that out and I'll talk to you all
3: in a bit.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
2: With the majority of pupils returning to schools this week, the new year has brought new announcements and new challenges for many in the education sector. Government advice about illness and staying away from education settings if you're sick was shared, and the issue of strikes remains a hot topic pressures on school leaders continue with The Guardian reporting that many head teachers are broken, at risk of heart attacks and exhausted as a result of the erosion of services for children and families, meaning the burden of support is falling on the shoulders of schools too often. So as the new year begins on a duller note than any of us might like, here are the top stories that have caught the eye of Teachers Talk Radio News this week. In Manchester, The Morning Star reports that students at one of the city's universities have launched a rent strike. Students at the University of Manchester are using the strike to press their demands for an end to what they describe as extortionate rents and their requests for a 30% cash rebate. Organisers say that more than 30 students per day are joining the protest, spurred by the combined effects of the cost of living crisis and poor quality accommodation provided at too high a cost. According to the National Union of Students, Half of England's students are facing financial difficulty, with three quarters of these saying they expect this to have an impact on their studies. A previous rent strike in Manchester in 2021 was successful and students hope to replicate this outcome in this new wave of action. FE Week reports on Ofqual's decision to disband its committee of experts who advise on exam standards in favour of a more flexible approach on policy advice. The Standards Advisory Group has been active for more than a decade and was set up to help the exam watchdog maintain standards. Ofqual confirmed that the committee will be replaced to reflect a broader remit, such as expansions in vocational and technical qualifications and apprenticeships. Ofqual has faced criticism at and upheaval over decisions and communication during the pandemic. Deputy Chief Regulator Michael Hanton described the change as positive and will secure quality and fairness for all those who take and use qualifications. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who recently announced his ambition to have all young people study maths to the age of 18, has faced a barrage of criticism about his plan. The I newspaper reports that Robin Walker, chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, feels that the PM should be focusing more on the early years sector to boost education levels instead. He calls the maths plan highly challenging, citing the nationwide shortage of subject specialists as the biggest barrier. Mr. Walker, Conservative MP for Worcester and a former Education Minister, highlighted issues around recruitment and retention as people with maths qualifications are quite employable elsewhere, so it is a highly competitive market when it comes to drawing people into teaching. He added that focus on the early years sector would be the most effective way of supporting children describing it as embarrassing that England's childcare system is rated so poorly when compared to other countries. The Eye also carries news of the decision by Catherine Burblesing to step down from her role as social mobility czar. Ms Burblesing, once dubbed Britain's strictest headteacher, has made the surprise announcement because she believes she comes with too much baggage, going on to say that her propensity to voice opinions that are considered controversial puts the commission in jeopardy. Ms Birbel Singh wrote of her decision in a column in Schools Week. A controversial figure for many, but with an equally vociferous fan base, Ms Birbel Singh also commented that she felt the role of social mobilities are, meant that she was becoming a politician, but that this was not a skill set she wished to develop. Finally, ITV News reports on how parts of a Turkish Airlines plane have been delivered to a school in Alverston, South Gloucestershire, To be turned into a new library. The project named Flying High by pupils will see parts of the plane turned into a new outdoor reading area. Full details can be found on the ITV website with artist impressions of the final project showing children and adults enjoying the new space. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Jo Fox.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello! Did you know I've been doing this show for a year now? Well, if you didn't, now you do. So shower me in gifts and love. I'm kidding. But there is one person or group of people I want you to think about as this term draws to a close. Your tech support. They may, in your mind, be the people that say no to a lot of stuff. They may stop pupils playing games and stop a lot of the web getting into your classroom. But... They keep you, your data, and your network safe. This week, as some of us are off and others are desperate to be, roll on Wednesday, spare a thought for your techie. They'll be coming in over the break to patch and update, they'll be taking those broken machines and making them work again. These people who in most schools are like ghosts. If Charles Dickens had had the privilege of tech support, they'd have been the spirits of modern-day make-do-and-mend. They wouldn't be draped in chains and padlocks, but come bearing an endless acceptable use policy. As you wind down, or if you have already, a thank you to your tech support will make your new year that little bit easier. Remember, next time you use tech in your lessons, everything is working because of them as always i'd love to hear what you want to know about tech let us know at ttr 2022 i'm steve woods and that was two minute tech have a lovely break two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio oh wow that was some great um
1: information and actually makes me think i'm gonna go and say a big thank you to my tech support tomorrow so thanks steve woods congrats and also um please do send steve woods a uh, message if you there is any kind of tech support you are interested in um you can tweet us at tt radio official now that is us hetty are you with us still yes definitely Hiya Hetty, hiya. <laughs> so we've been <laughs> delving into the world of maternity, paternity rights. Um, now, I can I just, there's so much, I'm just trying to think of everything. And we will come on to life after maternity leave, but I've heard about, is it SPL? Is that ringing a bell to you? Am I making this up? <laughs> Shared parental leave. Is that SPL? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that is. that is. That is. What is that exactly is it
3: something we've already discussed? what is it? No, it is so I did this actually so it is I think it's a fairly new um not concept kind of process where essentially say you're um a, a woman where who traditionally would have had thirty nine weeks paid maternity leave you can essentially how I think of it is that you can gift that to your partner so if you think Ooh. I'm actually only gonna take I don't know for 30 weeks or 26 weeks you can give the difference so if it was let's make the mass easy 29 weeks you could gift mm-hmm. that remaining 10 weeks to your spouse and he and well it would be kind of common sense in my head and that it would be at the end but I don't think it has to be I think it can be in the middle it can be you know you can pick where you take it and providing that they um you know workplaces work. set up for that then they yeah. can they can have it so they do I'm not sure how it works with pay to be honest I think it is their pay so or if it goes on straight to statutory I'm not 100% sure but okay. yeah then you can give what your um what you would normally have got as maternity to somebody else um and it can be really great for dads that want to have more time with the baby it can be great if I don't know if your partner's got a bit more flexibility in terms of their career and you want to go back for, I don't know, before a certain time frame. So yeah, it's a really, I think it's a really good, really like positive kind of like modernizing step that the government's kind of like made it possible that you yeah. can kind of give over this time to your partner. I love that.
1: I love that actually. I feel like it's very modern, but I feel like yeah. it just makes so, it makes so much sense in a way. And if you can like, it just sounds great, it sounds great. So anyone interested in that and want to look further more into it, that's a shared parental leave. Um, and it sounds like that worked out well for you as well.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a strange one for us because it was during COVID. Oh. So it kind of was a time when my partner probably would have been at home anyway, but it was still nice that like he wasn't on a laptop, he wasn't like checking something. It was just literally like time to kind of to ourselves. And if you are, I don't think it's sneaky to mention this, obviously, if you are a teacher, there -hmm. are certain things like if you, there is a a way so you can go back to work for Mm -hmm. the Easter holidays, for the summer holidays and be paid for that time. And that so there are ways that you can do it that basically make, that benefit you the most. And it's legal. It's all above board. It's not like a, everyone. Whenever you, I went back to work with my um, youngest in June, late June. And everyone was like, oh, back for the holidays, are we back for the paid yes. holidays over summer? <laughs> I get it. And you know, you're like, yeah, but also like I'm entitled. You kind of have to have a little bit of like, yeah that's yeah. that's what I'm doing <laughs> no that, <laughs> makes that makes sense that makes sense so much sense I remember being in the staff
1: room last year with a teacher and she was like she if you're gonna plan your pregnancy think about it like this you want the <laughs> summer holidays you know you want you want to be able to have the summer holidays think about how you plan it like that she's like obviously everything doesn't go to plan but you know that's yeah. also great and she was like don't feel guilty about it and I was like yeah yeah, it's great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So that is something to think about, and people shouldn't feel guilty if that happens. You know, yeah, <laughs> especially it, if yeah. we have we, we are teachers or we we are in education. It's a tiring, it's a tiring job. So we are entitled, but also that makes you think of you know most of us get pregnant have our baby but unfortunately there are times where you get to miscarriages and stillbirth mm. and actually it made me think you know what are the procedures of that and if i'm correct i've read this up where it says where stillbirth occurs after 24 weeks this is treated as childbirth and an employee is entitled to maternity leave and other rights a miscarriage or stillbirth prior to this is treated as sickness so that's just extra information for anyone who might have gone through that or that could potentially you never know um that is treated as childbirth if it occurs after 24 weeks um and sickness um if it's a miscarriage or stillbirth prior to that so there's just a lot to there's a lot to think about um i i'm very grateful in an age where or an era where there is you know, lots of paperwork online. You can mm. find everything, a lot of things online, but also I'd say policies, as you said before Hetty, just going through, finding everything <laughs> on the school computer, on the school database to do with all the policies um, with this. Because that, ta- that takes me forward to maternity leave, woo! But coming back <laughs> on maternity leave now, everyone I've ever spoken to, it's like when they come back obviously you feel very different to how you left especially if it's your first child you know i found actually quite a few teachers they've come back and then they've changed a p- uh, part-time when they could they've changed a part-time which does make sense um how did it how was it for you coming back the first and second time Obviously, see different occasions quite different yeah
3: um i i have to say that i really enjoyed maternity leave so I found it a really good chance to kind of do the CPD things that I was that you know if you we were all so busy that if you had an extra day in the week like what would you do what would you read what course would you go on I found it really helpful for that so I I don't know if that's typical or atypical but when I came back Mm -hmm. I actually felt quite like uh like I would kind of skilled skilled up I didn't feel like I'd kind of like been left behind particularly I mean I'm doing I teach four days, like you say, I came back part-time after my second child. So I teach four days and then the fifth day I'm doing a PhD, for example, and I wrote that proposal in maternity leave with my first child. And then when I was on maternity leave with my second child, I wrote a a book, well, a student guide, but a book during that time because that was something I'd always wanted to do. So I'm not saying that you haven't had a successful maternity leave unless you've like written a thousand page (laughs) book, Like that's not what I'm saying at all, it can be a time just to give yourself, just to read that article you've always wanted to read or just to do a little bit of CPD and with like over, like hangover of COVID, there's so much available online that actually yeah. I found it a really positive experience. So when I came back, I was quite like, I was quite ready for it, I was quite up for it. I, I kind of I think I've said before that I got a new job Um, Mm -hmm. when I was 12 weeks pregnant with my youngest daughter. So I went on maternity leave and came back to this like new job, which was like middle leadership, head of department that I'd never done before. So then I had a new baby and this new job, which was a bit scary. But when you come back, you've just kind of got to be like, these are my boundaries, these are my red lines. This is when the big one for me is when am I going home? Like when you're, you can. it's so easy, isn't it? It's never done. So you can stay in school until five, six easily. And it's just kind of so I had some like, I'm home by this time, this is Mm -hmm. one and and doing and you just set it up that way. And maybe it's easier if it's a brand new school as well, because if you're in a new department, you just say to people like this is how it is. And then they can kind of, okay, fine, that's, you know, that's the way it is now. Um, But yeah, I think you just have to be really clear with the people you work with about your boundaries, except that it's going to be different because you are and different doesn't always mean bad you are different Mm -hmm. like you've now got different things to offer but also you you're gonna have to i am awful with asking for like if someone's like oh can you just do this thing this club this after school this trip i always say yes so then you have to be a bit more selfish even if i'm like grumbling like oh And you have to be like strict with yourself and be like actually no i can't or like this is what i'm gonna can i do something else to make you so you just have to be a little bit more like Strict with yourself and strict with when you're, yeah, what your kind of like red lines are and what you're going to do and not just do. Setting those boundaries, really. Yeah. Oh, Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're giving, you're giving such a you note know, because you're giving such good advice. And I'm just, when you're saying it, I'm thinking of, you know, people around me that I've seen do these things. And actually, well, did you consider part time actually when you went back? Do you have you seen that happen where people come back? And
3: yeah, yeah, I totally get it as well. I think with my, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think because of, I think I went back three days a week after my first baby and then Mm -hmm. four days a week after my second. So maybe that's telling that I was kind of like, oh, actually, I've got my, and also looking after kids is hard work. It's not like, oh, wonder... it's childcare as well. We haven't even touched on that, like the cost implications that actually oh. sometimes it's cheaper to not go into work and to look after your own children. That's a whole different thing. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's people come back and they want some extra time or it's a cost reason or whatever. Yeah, I think that's completely normal. No,
1: that, that makes sense. That makes sense because honestly, from what I've seen to do with childcare and the costs, mad it's mad just no i'm like maybe i need to work in a nursery because yeah <laughs> maybe maybe that's where it's at money-wise because whoa whoa it's it's really just a lot so but i think it's nice if you do go to part time if you do less days you get to spend that time with your child and actually mm. i think that's so great because reading up about um you know women who go back to work after having a child and i found a lot of them you know were talking about how they'd look after everybody else's children but actually don't spend enough time with their own sometimes or you know with you know they can't afford to spend as much time with their own babies um so that's
3: quite that's yeah. quite sad actually
1: when I yeah. when I was listening to that but yeah
3: you I think get- that education would be like quite sympathetic to that I mean I know child care and education are not the same thing but you think it would be sort of you know where and we want our students to make as many levels of progress we want to be supportive and we want to keep mm-hmm. them kind of like s- safe and you think then you'd sometimes I do think like it doesn't really feel like teaching as a profession is set up particularly to support families it's just And that's no one school's fault it's just kind of the way it is that it's not so one my line manager was saying that she the way that her schools in our area do it now is that for parents evening you get an email and you sign up to see the teacher you want to see and if they're full they're full it's kind of like that's how it goes and she's an assistant head so by the time she's read that email and gone to sign up all the places are gone so because she's works in a school she's then back of the line because she didn't get there fast enough to do it and it's first days of schools and activities and you have to maybe you can go but you've got to do a leave of absence like six weeks in advance and you've got to get some cover and someone to come like but it's so sad when people can't do like things like that because it's like, well, school says no. You're like, oh, all right, thanks.
1: But then you work in a school, but yeah. then you
3: can't go to your child's
1: school. So it's just, it's just not fair actually. And actually even, I think I read the other day on Twitter where someone was talking about, you know, they save what their sick days. So even when they're sick, mm-hmm. they'll still try to go to work um, because they have to save those days when their child's sick. Because,
3: oh that's the, yeah they get like care a days are my big bug bear I'm normally very like and control but care a days are my really so it's no like it's every basically I've looked at a bit of research and the mm-hmm. policy seems to be like stay independent wherever you are blanket mm-hmm. rule is you get two care a days so that oh, means that if you're yeah that's so if your child's ill and if you like I don't know if you know many one-year-olds starting nursery but they can do that in a week easy like for a whole year there's no way that two two days is gonna cover all the sickness and then after that it's unpaid oh. so you you're basically so what people like this is awful and I've never thankfully because I'm an appalling liar never had to do it yeah. but what people do is just say I'm ill yeah, because you yeah. your own personal illness doesn't count towards that so you just go yeah. I can't come in today I'm really sorry mm. but why yeah. put someone in a position where they've got to lie about yeah. who's ill that's and it. the justification is so like I think basically I do feel sorry for head teachers because it's the reason is basically that's how it goes but they kind mm-hmm. of got to be like oh it's got to be fair for everybody you know we don't want anyone to take advantage of it but like who lies yeah. about their child being ill like who's yeah. actually going shopping when they've said that their child's ill like it just doesn't happen like I don't that is it but yeah that that gets me a little bit cross. no that, that one does as well
1: that one does because I've heard you know <laughs> I know head teachers, I don't even, you know, <laughs> listening, but I know people who've, you know, had to fake that they're sick and it's, it's for a good cause because they're looking after their kids, like, because, and they were yeah. like, I won't get paid if I say it's, if it, if I say it's for my child, um, yeah. but I will, if it's for me and you know, their kids are proper poorly. So oh, it's just mad. It's just mad, but that, that's, that's yeah. a good one to know. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> That's it. am I am I missing anything I feel like there's so much but am I missing is, is there anything um, important that you think that people should know and you just
3: you should, I think um I Put think the here. only other thing that I that I kind of encountered and this this is maternity rather than paternity but mm-hmm. in terms of a p and maybe it's just the twitter <laughs> circles I <laughs> mix it that this comes in a lot but a lot of like mums return well first of all the maternity project has done some research which show it's got all mm-hmm. sorts of different things but one of the things it shows is that the demographic of people so not just women but people mm-hmm. men and women leaving the profession in the highest numbers is women between 30 and 39 so there's clearly mm-hmm. something going on and the average in terms of a first-time mum the, the her average age in the uk is 31 so there's something happening in terms of people are having, well, not everyone, but some women are having children and then leaving. So, and and I think that's really, really fascinating. So, but one thing I kind of come across, like people asking is about feeding and breastfeeding and going back to work and I'm still breastfeeding my child and how can I do it? Can I not do it? And I think like with shared parental leave, but there are so many positive steps that are happening. Like this is not me hating on schools or or, anything like that, but that does seem to be an area where schools maybe maybe it's just an education they're not quite sure how they can support and really all it is is a quiet room permission that you do what you need to do and a fridge like that's literally all it takes to let somebody pump in school and be able to if they want to 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 give that to the baby that way but there still seems to be this kind of stigma about mum and teacher mums returning for to work and this kind of like breastfeeding aspect like it came up this afternoon that's all that reminded me of it Someone was like mm-hmm. oh i'm meant to be going back at well my baby's 10 months and he won't take a bottle what can i do and i just remember that exact same thing happening to me and i remember not on my current school but i remember asking the school you know can i you know my baby won't take a bottle can i bring her to an inset day and the yeah. response was like um we'd rather you didn't but if you absolutely have to you can and that, that whole night, <laughs> the language of that I find really oh. like, oh god, yeah. They're not saying no, but then it's not exactly welcoming, is it? It's kind no, of it's like, not. Oh, I don't know. Because I'm not saying it should like a crash and we all like bounce our babies around the inset and no one does <laughs> any work. But I feel like there just are sometimes. I don't. I sometimes I think like, yeah, I get it. I get why why women thirty to thirty nine. Why? And obviously, there's loads of other things. There's costs and there's distance and there's illness and there's all sorts of other things at play but sometimes it can it's a scary thing to go back to work after having a baby and sometimes just those little like mini barriers Mm -hmm. like it not being completely welcome or feeling a bit embarrassed if you were at an insert like I think that maybe that might be maybe why so I don't know what the point is but I think that if you are a mum who's like a bit worried about going back because of a feeding issue or whatever just have a conversation with your school and loads of schools and HR departments and heads like through not through any malice but some of them just don't know like they just don't know what they need to do to be supportive or some of them aren't like pretty read up on the on yeah.
2: the, you know
3: the law even like I have had someone offer me an internal position and then I said I was pregnant and they were like oh and I could tell they wanted to be like oh no and I had to be like do you want to go and talk to HR and bring it back because like <laughs> you know and just get it sorted now yeah yeah Yeah. yeah." they were lovely after that but some some people who should know the ins and outs don't even know that so some i think just really open conversations you know like we're changing the future so Mm -hmm. let's just like build the bridges now and be like this is the situation this would make me feel comfortable is that all right just be really open about it because yeah like there shouldn't be any barriers to returning because yeah why should there be like no just shouldn't be a thing
1: No, you raised so many good points there, I was like, yeah, because when you come back, it's not even that easy, your body's still going through things. Like you said, some people are still breastfeeding. I remember uh, being with someone who wasn't a teacher, but they were going back from maternity leave to their job and um but they were saying that you know their breasts were leaking the milk and you know mm. i remember her saying you know i feel so embarrassed i'm still trying to work it out and you know and i was like that's a big thing already so there's just a lot to, you know a lot and I just want uh people going back to know that you know there's lots of places and uh rooms and people doing amazing things fighting for the rights um there's oh, God, there's so much online to do with maternity rights, paternity rights, um, and just people doing great things. Yeah, um, fair. And you're doing great things. Yeah, you know I mean <laughs> I believe you're part of a group that does great things or a project that's doing great things. So, you know, thank you to you all for raising awareness
3: as well. And, you know, no. doing research. Love it
1: yeah yeah
3: not of at gosh. all that's not <laughs> me i can assure you i've literally just went looking for support and you're right if you go looking for it there's so much out there so yeah don't even if it's like a is this happened to anyone else like <laughs> such like common question into the twitter echo sphere or whatever there's always like twitter could be a dark place but it could also yeah. be really really yeah. supportive and for this kind of thing it is like so perfect. So I don't know if you're a Twitterer. I'm sure there are other forums as well, but that is a nice Mm -hmm. place to go if you just want to ask a question.
1: Oh, it's so great. It's so great if you want to answer a question. And actually Hetty, it's been amazing to have you on. If anyone does want to ask you a question, or wants (laughs) to get in contact,
3: how can they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that segue was so good. Um it's <laughs> you can uh tweet me. So I've just seen you Twitter's phrases. So if you tweet me at Hetty L Steel, which is H E T T Y L S T E E L E, um I've got all sorts on there, just me twittering away and blabbering about the bits and Shakespearey bits, which is my PhD. So yeah, if you want to ask me a question, just go on there i might ask you a question about shakespeare there we go <laughs> there we go i might ask by the way have you seen *Anne juliet sorry i'm going off topic here oh In the i haven't seen it but i know the whole soundtrack like pretty much off by heart even my little three-year-old's like bopping along to it i really really want to see it someone went to see it the other day and they said it was the best thing they would ever seen on the west end <sighs> so i was like oh for so god's good. sake I hope you please do like honestly I, I
1: think I went the other day for the fifth time and it's so good um, uh, you know, and what I would say is that they um it's it's finishing in March so you know oh, no. there you go touring? Okay. I have to research and see if they are touring I don't know but I just know that it being oh, in London okay. is going to be very sad. Not being in London anymore is going to make me sad. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll check that out. I'll let you know, Hetty. I will check that out. Hetty. Right. Um, before we end, I always like to ask this question to all my guests. And I like to ask them, who is your favourite non-fictional teacher now there is one that has been banned <laughs> and the one that's banned and you probably you might say it so if, if you're gonna say it, it's fine but we've got miss honey i don't know if you're gonna say miss honey uh, i wasn't miss... i okay. thought you were gonna say something else though okay. No, no 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 it's only miss honey because we re- you know we had this conversation about well my kids actually in my class were like miss she's too nice she's too mm. nice if she was our teacher You know, they were like, they'd run rings around her. Um, So we, and also, you know, she was just taking the kids home and there was a lot of dodgy stuff. So we we (laughs) took Miss Honey off the, yeah, safeguarding. Well, to be fair, the whole of Matilda is just safeguarding. Um,
3: But um, yeah, who was your favorite non-fictional teacher? Okay, so I thought you were going to say you have banned Albus Dumbledore, oh, who would never. be like, I was like, I can't be basic. I can say <laughs> Albus Dumbledore because everyone probably says him. So it, my heart would say Albus Dumbledore, but then because mm-hmm. I was trying to kind of not be super, and then I thought Walter White, but then I was like, no, I'd literally just be saying that <laughs> because of... Cause he, I was like I can't Breaking come on bad. a tour yeah I can't talk about the maternity rights so then be like oh yeah the crystal meth kicker. that's my favourite no I think my favourite is it's got to be Snape Severus Snape oh. the dry put down humour is yes. pretty much all of my behaviour management in one like that whole kind of no thank you you can just leave that for that like yeah I think it would it's really Albus Dumbledore but to be yeah. a little bit less basic I would say Severus I think I didn't even know i was that much of a harry potter fan until i started thinking about teachers but all of them i just all the teachers i quite loved i was like i could say hagrid because he's like Mm -hmm. down with the kids i could say professor mcgonagall because she's really like obeys the rules which is me but no i think snape i'm going snape Snape. okay you're going with snape snape's a good one snape is a good i spent um
1: new year's uh watching harry potter and actually Do uh, you know, when I was thinking of my answer, so on my first ever show, I think I said Albus Dumbledore. Oh. So, you know, I was with the basic crew too, but he's a legend. <laughs> he's a legend. So I do oh, yeah, know him. He is. Except when he, he shouted at Harry that one time. It really upset me about the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> but anyway, but actually today I was going to say um, Professor Lupin?
3: must yeah, Lupin? Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Actually, you know, he was really trying to guide Harry. And actually... <laughs> even though he was turning to wolf at night, he was like, I'm still gonna persevere and try and be a great teacher during the day. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, and Hetty, I've appreciated you.
3: Thank you so, you. so
1: much for joining us. And thank you for just all the advice you've given and for sharing your experiences. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank Not you. at
3: all. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, anytime And if anyone has any questions, just let me know. But yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Lovely. And can you just give your Twitter again, just in case anyone. Yeah, comes. sure. Um, it's Hetty L Steel, which is H E T T Y L S T E E L E.
1: Thank you. And if you enjoyed this show, if you want, if you have any questions, if you want to tell me about your New Year's resolutions or anything, please message me at S E H Miss. Please message us at TT Radio Official. I will see you in a month's time where we'll be talking about teachers just like me. So what is representation in teaching? I'll see you then. Have a good week.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.